Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Just, just give the Lord praise. Just praise Him. Mm. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. I, t- I tell you, I have so enjoyed this mercy triumphs over judgment. I just praise God there were sins abound, grace does that much more abound. And I want to praise God with you saints that we are so blessed. My wife and I have been in 12 Latin countries, Mexico, all the way down Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, so many countries. And what they have in common there is the Virgin of Guadalupe, which is one of their saints. And one of the things they do with the Virgin of Guadalupe is they get on their knees and they'll, you know how hot it's been. Well, on a hot day like today, they'll get on their knees and they'll crawl for over three hours on their knees. And they'll stay on their knees and, and they're, they're bleeding on the sidewalk. The sidewalk is marked with blood. And there's blood all the way up the stairs to the cathedral and all the way up to the, the statue of the Virgin of Guadalupe. And they put in their little buddy money when they get there and they touch that statue. And they want a miracle so bad and they're, pre- they're, they're paying penance. And you hear of different people, the, the depth of penance they've had to pay. And there was this other... Um, Virgin, they worshipped uh, there in this in Tumbaja where we lived, and they would walk three days to where they had this makeshift uh, little Catholic church, and then they would get that virgin on certain days, and they would carry her over the mountains, and people would fall off the edge of the mountains even because it was so dangerous, but they would bring her back to the city, and then people would come, and, and I've got it videoed where they would come and pay just to be able to have their kid kiss uh, the glass part that concealed the saint, and do this and do that, and go through all these things for penance, and you know, if, if it, sometimes I think if you and I had to pay for our sin, we probably would do a better job of trying to pay for our sin than just accepting it. So many people don't even act like they can just repent. That's all I've got to do is repent. That's all I've got to do is ask God to forgive me. No, I've done too much for God to forgive me, but yet that's the love and the mercy of God. And that's what it says draws men to repentance. And we've been studying about David. I mean, David blew it. I mean, he's murdered. Anybody here murder anybody? No, don't raise your hand. I mean, you know, he, he murdered, he committed adultery, he, he, he lied, he did all these type of things. And the prophet came up to him, he confronted him, he says, yes, I am that man. And he, all, it says here that, that he, he repented in verse 19, and then he rose from the ground, he got up. Somebody shout out, he got up. He got up and he washed himself and he anointed himself. And last week, I gave the first part of the anointing himself and I couldn't stop it. I want to go into the second part. I want to continue where I feel we need to go on because there's something about understanding the anointing and being the anointed of God. And it says that he got up, he rose from the ground, he washed and anointed himself. This reminded me, the Spirit just quickened me about it. It's kind of like naming the, the leper. He was a general of the Syrian army. He was an enemy of Jerusalem, of Israel. And he, got, he, got, he had leprosy, and his little slave girl from Israel told him about this prophet called Elijah uh, from Israel, that if he would go to him, he could heal him. And so this general goes with all kind of gifts and everything else. He goes to, the, to uh, Elijah. He says, here, I'm going to pay you. I got all these clothes, all this food. I got everything, uh, money. All you have to do is just heal me. And he says, I don't want none of your stuff. Just go wash seven times in, in the Jordan River. And he got mad. He said, I could go wash in all the pretty rivers in my country. Why do I got to go wash, wash myself in the dirt and jordan? But how many you know God doesn't ask us what to do? He tells us what to do. 
And so he took off and his men was with him. They go, you conquer kingdoms. You do anything. And now that this prophet just asked you, just go wash yourself. You're not willing to do it. So he repented. He went and he washed himself. And how many of you know by washing himself, when he came out of the water the seventh time, the anointing came upon him and he was cleansed of his leprosy. And he started praising God. And that's how it is with you and I. If we're just willing to repent and to wash ourselves and be cleansed. And I shared with you that word anointing speaks of the significance of being singled out by God. And, and I want you to know that there is something personal. And as you hear the message today, you're going to see that there's something so personal between you and the Holy Spirit. When I was uh, 13 years old, we were at this little church in Boys, Louisiana, and my brother and I, we always sat on the back row and, you know, didn't pay attention most of the time. Y'all don't know what that's like, but anyway, we were back there. And, of course, the end of the service was there, and we were standing, and I was just standing up like I usually do, and the anointing, say with me, the anointing. The anointing came on me, and I remember I grabbed this chair, and I started shaking, and my whole body was just shaking, and I, and I was just standing there shaking, and then all of a sudden, I started crying. I'm thinking, what am I crying for? What's happening to me? Come on, this has to stop. What's going on? And I couldn't walk out of the church, so I just stood there, and the preacher called me from the back road. He says, Russ, he knew me and my dad. He says, Russ, come here, and I went up there, and he says, the Lord showed me you're like a walnut, and you're a hard shell to crack but God's got a hammer and the Lord says I'm going to break your shell you're going to surrender to my will and you're going to do what I've called you to do and God had been dealing with me to surrender my life to be a missionary and I just threw my hands up didn't care who was looking didn't care what was going on I was just having one of those moments with God to where nothing else matters God I surrender my life and at that moment I surrendered my life to do what God's called me to do the Holy Spirit will single you out and he's singling you out today not only because he's got a call on your life, but that he's ready to heal you. He's ready to touch you. He's ready to reveal a deeper self place of himself. And he's ready to bring you to a whole new level. And I don't know about you. You can read all the books on willpower. You can get the videos on willpower. You can watch Oprah all you want to. You can do all you want to about willpower. willpower. But I tell you, there comes some places in my life that I don't have the willpower to overcome everything I need to overcome. I've repented and I've repented and I swore I would never do that again. I would never be like that again. I would never say that again. How many you know I'm not alone here? And, and I did all of those things. But listen, all the willpower, all the Lord. I promise you, Lord, I vow to you, Lord, if you forgive Give me this one more time. I vow to you I'll never do it again. And uh, I've done it again. And I've tried and I've read and I did everything I can. But there is something about after you've repented and you washed yourself and you changed your clothes. There is something about when the anointing of God had come upon you to give the power you didn't have to do it. And give you the strength to overcome and be who he's called you to be. And so this word anointing speaks about a mark of purification. A mark of healing. A mark of being chosen. How many know you're chosen? Amen. And we read last week where it says in Acts chapter 1, 8, that the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. He's anointed you. He, is, he said you dwell on it. You will go into Jerusalem until you be, be overcome with the power of the Holy Spirit. One translation says, and you shall receive spiritual power, spiritual power by the descent of the Holy Ghost upon you. And you shall not receive it in vain. And you shall be witnesses unto me and my glory. And your testimony shall not be in vain. Somebody shout out, my testimony. The testimony of my business, my job, my future, my testimony of my marriage, of my children will not be in vain. 
It's the power of the Holy Spirit that is getting ready to go to operation and do what's never been done before and to help you do what you've never been able to do before. And it goes on to say, yes, hallelujah. And it goes on to say that their power and their work is insufficient. Their strength and their wisdom is not enough. They're naturally weak and foolish to the world, but you shall receive power. Somebody shout out power. Power after the Holy Ghost is upon you, and you shall be animated and animated animated and you shall be activated by a better spirit of your own now when I talk about the Holy Ghost I'm not talking about it it I'm talking about the third person of the Trinity I'm talking about God Father God Son and God Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost is not an experience of jerking around the Holy Ghost is not only just falling out the Holy Ghost is not that we had a good service the Holy Ghost is not just on the worship team the Holy Ghost is not just on the preacher the Holy Ghost is not just on TV the Holy Ghost is in and upon every born-again believer praise the name of Jesus and there's power of God on the side of you to conquer so I want you to see this Holy Spirit he comes to take charge 400 distressed men they came in to, to David they came to this cave distressed distant discouraged I can't get myself out of this dump I can't get myself out of this slump I can't get out of this depression I mean they were just ready to kill everybody don't you know there was fightings this and that and the other I've had to stop fights in the ICU waiting room how many of you know sometimes the atmosphere just isn't quite good enough but there's something about when God invades that atmosphere and causes it to change and here's these 400 men they were running and doing this and that and the other and the Holy Spirit was upon David and what was upon David came upon them and those 400 men that were the worst and the down and outers became the 400 mightiest men of all of Israel because what was upon David came upon them well I got good news for you what is upon the head of the church Jesus Christ is upon his body it runs from the head down to his body what was upon Jesus is upon you the works that I do you shall do also and even greater because the Spirit of God is going to come down and alive on the inside of you hallelujah now look at this I love this check this out be anointed and work in Jesus' name. Look at this. Oh, look at this. Second Corinthians 1, 21. Look at this. He who establishes us. Say that with me. Establishes us. Establishes me. He that establishes me. Psalms 112 says that the person that has established will never be moved. I look up this word established, and it means to be set up in the system. Now, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I've heard people say, Pastor, it is hard, so hard to get into the system for unemployment. It is so hard to get into the system for, for uh, um, a handicap and for disabled. I've been trying for so many years, but they go, Pastor, I'm going to keep paying the price because once you get set up in the system, you're set up in the system, and then I'll be taken care of. Well, I want you to know, when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you got set up in the system. It's, you, listen, you don't have to wait to know enough, do enough, be enough. It's just calling upon the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and accept Him as Lord and Savior. You're set up in the system. That word established, He has set you up in the system. It means to firmly to place you to achieve permanently. You are accepted. You are shown to be true, certain, determined facts. You're proven. You're to demonstrate, to exhibit, to manifest and confirm that Christ in you and has anointed us is in God. He who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God. Say that with me. Has anointed us in God. Say, I'm anointed. Say it again, I'm anointed. You got you to believe that. You got to believe your prayers are anointed. 
You got to believe that that song on the inside of you is anointed. You got to believe that whatever you're going through is anointed. You got to believe when you're reading the Word of God, you opened your Bible. It's not just a time for a devotion, it's a time for an encounter and a visitation from the Holy Spirit. It's a time to be established in Him. It says, In Christ has anointed us in God, who has also sealed us and given us what? The Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You've been given the Spirit of God as a guarantee. Look at 1 John 2 20. But you have a what? You have a what? Say, I have an anointing. I am anointed. Now, you need to say that every day. As you get ready to pray over your prayers, as you get ready to go through your daily routine, I am the anointed of the Lord. But you have anointed of the Holy One, and you know all things. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of acti activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit. Say with me, manifestation. <laughs> Say manifestation. Manifestation of the Spirit. Manifestation of the Spirit. You know, a lot of people get excited when they see people manifesting devils. I tell you what, it's even greater when people start manifesting God. Hallelujah. It's something else about when people start getting the manifestation of the Spirit. It's given to how many? It's given to pastor and no more. It's given to the worship team and no more. No, it's given to how many? It's given to your child. It's given to your husband. It's given to your wife. Stop saying he's ornery. Start saying he's anointed. Stop saying she's this and start saying she's anointed. Stop saying my children are rebellious. Start saying, I, I see the anointing of God upon their lives. The anointing of God is bringing them back to morals. The anointing of God is bringing them out to conscience. The anointing of God is bringing them back to their right mind. The Holy Spirit of God is on the inside, dwelling on the inside of them, to awaken that which seems dead and that which seems to lost. The Word of God says, train up a child in the way he should go. And that anointing will be permanent on the inside of them so that when he gets older, he'll have to come back because he cannot fight, she cannot fight, against the manifestation of the power of the living God. Hallelujah. Now look what it shows here. Here's the work of the Godhead. Many people say, well, you know, I, I talk to God and I talk to Jesus. Have you ever talked to the Holy Spirit? He's not an it, he's a person. You were baptized into God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're three in one, but yet they're three different individuals. And it says here, and it shows that Jesus is the administrator. He's the head of the church. The Father is the operator. He completes His will. And the Holy Spirit is the one who manifests. The Father thought it, the Son spoke it, and the Holy Ghost did it. Well, I want you to know the Father's already spoken it. Jesus has declared it. And the Holy Spirit is ready to manifest it on your life. He is ready to manifest His life on your life. But listen, He wants you to get hungry to walk in a new realm. I am jealous over Enoch. He's not going to be the only man who's going to walk with God and come to know God in new ways. Moses got invited to the mountaintop. I don't want to be somebody on the bottom of the mountain. I want to be somebody to climb on the top of the mountain. I don't want to be somebody talking about the mountain. I want to see be somebody who's telling about the God I encountered on the mountain. I don't want to be somebody talking about the glory. I want to be somebody who's encountering the glory. I don't want to be talking about somebody who's anointed. I want to be talking about the anointing of God upon me. How the anointing, the anointing of God gave me a song, gave me a word, gave me a promise. I want to talk about the power of the Holy Ghost. He, the Godhead, risen alive in me, causing me to walk like, a, not like another man in the natural. 
That's what I desire. I want to hear, I am that I am. I want you to operate. I want to manifest. I want to administrate my spirit upon you. I want you to feel like you're a different man. I want you to be like Samson, that when the, the spirit is upon you, you're not like other men, but you're like the man who's able to break chains, break ropes, pick up gates, and run up a mountain. Glory to God. I want to come upon you in a real way to help you. Instead of saying, I always fall in this same temptation to say, hallelujah, I'm getting up in the morning, anointing of God. It's causing me to stand and do something different. I tell you, there's something about walking with the Holy Spirit. Next time you're tempted in that same sin, I want to tell you something that works. The next time you're tempted in that same sin, you've read all the books and you've repented and you, you want so bad not to fall into that sin. The moment you're tempted to do that sin, let me tell you what you do. Just right then, get on your knees. For one, you're crushing the devil right there. Get on your knees and just start worshiping him. I'm going to put my mind on you. Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And you know, we, we put it on Facebook. If you like Jesus, press like. If you like church, press like. If you like this, press like. And we hear a lot of people saying it's good. People go all the time saying, God is good. Oh, yeah, he's good. And now we hear God is good. He's better than good. And it's okay. It's great to talk about God is good. But let me ask you something. When was the last time you stopped talking about God and you just told him he's good? I mean, we're so quick to say God, God is good. God is great. Thank you for all this food we ate. We're so good about telling God how good he is. But when was the last time? God, you are marvelous. You're beyond anything I can think of or say. Holy Spirit, I praise you that you are alive on the inside of me and that you're speaking to me and you want to have communion with me and you want to have fellowship with me and you have anointed me. I praise you, Jesus, for giving you life. You're my Lord and you're my Savior. And instead of going all the time about liking him, for other people to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, when was the last time you just told him, I love you, Jesus. I love your word. I love your presence. I, I just thank, I thank you when you visit me. I thank you when you come to me. I thank you that you, you're in my house. And just like when you were going to the house of Mary and Martha, I, I want to just serve you. I, I just want to be with you. I just want to sit at your feet. And you just spend that time instead of talking about him, you talk to him. And it says in John chapter 14, Jesus here. And I, Jesus, will pray to the heavenly Father, God, and he will give you Another capital L-H, the name of the Holy Spirit, helper. That he may what? Abide with you forever. Woo! Verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Do you realize it's not saying it, it's saying him. Can I hear an amen? It, him, say him. He. It says him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Say, I am the anointed of the Most High. The Holy Spirit dwells within me forever. Boy, that is a revelation. The Holy Spirit's in me. He's upon me. Just like he was on those of old. He's upon me. He's to tell me things I had no way of knowing. There's things in this life sometimes we'll have no way of knowing. I remember my wife and I, we were living in Central America. And 
there was this, uh, these missionaries that lived there, and, and uh, he had a heart attack, and I went over there to visit him, and he, he ended up, they had to bring him in a helicopter, bring him to an airport, and send him home, and, and he ended up dying, and then some other missionaries moved into that house, and then they were there for a while, and then she had heart trouble and chest problems, and I helped carry her on a stretcher to a plane, and they brought her to the airport, and then took her back to America, and they asked my wife and I to move into that home. So we moved into this missionary's house that had a telephone. It was a little two-story house. We thought, man, we're so blessed. We're going to live in this house. We finally have a telephone. We have indoor plumbing. So we moved in there. And it wasn't long at all my wife started experiencing bad chest pains. And she was laying on the couch there in the living room. And missionaries were coming by to anoint her and pray with her. And in my mind, I was seeing that first brother who died. And this sister Holly who was taken away. And then my wife was on the couch with the same pain. And so many times it's like you can say, well, you know what? I just need to go ahead and take her home now. You know, I just need to go ahead and bring her home now before she dies. But there was something on the inside of me. Just seek the Lord. Just seek the presence of God. And so she was, she made it upstairs. She was in bed and I was praying and seeking God. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, somebody say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told me, he told me, like he's spoken to me so many times, he told me. He said, go look behind the pictures in the bedrooms. And you know, you go, what? Go look behind the pictures in the bedrooms. So I went upstairs and I started looking behind the pictures in the bedrooms. And there was medallions, of voodoo medallions behind every picture in the bedroom. Voodoo medallions. And come to find out that the missionaries before us had a cleaning lady who was sent there by the voodoo temple to put candles under her bed put these uh, these voodoo emblems behind the pictures and was cursing those missionaries well i took the voodoo emblems i found a jar that has some goat heads with some smoke i took that out and broke it in the name of jesus took the emblems out burnt them broke every curse broke every voodoo curse the pain left her she got up healed never to have the trouble again that's the holy ghost who resides on the inside of us now, it would have been just easy, and you say, I don't believe that, but yet you watch Hunting Ghost on TV and believe all that crap. I'm sorry I said crap, but anyway. That's for everybody on the internet. Hi, Alaska. Anyway, anyway, listen. People believe in that, but they don't believe that Holy Ghost can manifest even greater than them spook shows. Now, if I would have been just a normal, good Christian, didn't believe in the Holy Ghost, didn't believe he abode with him, he believed in me, that believed that he knew everything, he's omnipresent, all-knowing, all-strength. If I didn't believe that, then I would have just said, oh, my God, my wife's going to die. I'm going to be a widow. We ain't going to be married a year or two. What am I going to do? I just need to quit. I need to give up. But thank God that there's a power on this side of us that can reveal things and show things that you have no way of knowing. He, he's the God of the discerning of spirits. He's the God of the word of knowledge. He's the God of prophecy. He's the God. God of tongues, interpretation of tongues. He's the God of word of wisdom. He's the God of gifts of healings. He's the God of the working of miracles. He's the God of the gift of faith. He's the God who manifests the kingdom of God in your life. I tell you, there's something powerful about getting a towner. And I'm not talking about a denomination called Pentecost. I'm not talking about a denomination no by man. I'm talking about the power of the Godhead. I'm talking about the word of God. I'm talking about the power that's in the name of Jesus. Come on. I want you to know this is the same power that rules and on the inside of you this is what David did and I want you to see this therefore repent David repented and return he got up so that your sins may be wiped or washed away in order it doesn't stop there get ready in order 
that times of refreshing, somebody shout out refreshing. Times of refreshing, to revive, to refresh, recovery of breath will come from the presence of God. Yeah, you've messed up. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. But we repent. We get up. We wash ourselves. We cleanse ourselves as we've studied already. And now we're ready for the anointing of God to take us to a different place. To even speak to us why we fell into that sin, that addiction in the first place. Why are we going to those type of places in the first place? What's drawing us to those type of places in the first place? It's the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us and say, I'm going to return to you. I'm going to restore unto you the joy of your salvation. I can just picture God taking Ezekiel. Many of us, at times we have lived in this type of ways, these type of times in our homes, in our marriage, with our children. Many times we've seen uproar and we've seen mishap and we've seen all kind of things happening and we don't understand it. But it says in Ezekiel 37, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, picked up Ezekiel and took him to a valley of dry bones and the bones were broken and scattered all about and God spoke and said can these bones live and many times we wonder can anything good happen here are we going to be able to overcome this am I going to be able to come out of this addiction or this sin am I ever going to be able to live a normal life am I ever going to be able to feel like I'm in love with my wife or my husband's in love with me again am I ever going to be able to live again and enjoy life is anything ever going to change it just looks like it's all scattered broken to pieces there's nothing I can even identify which goes where how to do that I don't even know how to put it all together but the Holy Spirit didn't ask Ezekiel to put it together he just asked Ezekiel to speak the word he says son of man prophesy over these bones and he prophesied over the bones he, he just started speaking life over them just like that mama when she looked at me in the ICU this week and she said do I just let my son go or do I believe and she gave me what we call that prophetic look I, she, it's that mama's look it's that type of look that death stares me in the eye I don't care what you saying you saying she's saying he's saying doctor saying I don't care what's written on paper I'm looking at you you tell me do I need to just let my son go or do I need to believe and I said mama what does your heart say I can't let him go then I said then you don't need to let him go you need to go talk to him you need to go speak life to him and you need to tell him you're going to live and not die and things started happening and that mama, that mama texted me telling me thank you. I said, don't thank me. I said, thank, thank God and thank you. You're the one who stood up for him. You're the one who says you're not going to die. Boy, you're not going to lie. You're going to live in the name of Jesus. If I have to kill you, I'm going to bring you back to life again. But you ain't going to die in the name of Jesus. It's that type of thing. And he started walking among these bones. Can't even put them together. I'm not asking you to put it together. There's an anointing upon you. There's an anointing in your prayer their life. There's anointing in your word. And you just walk among them dead bones. And he says, okay, prophesy for them to come together again. Just speak the word. Okay, bones, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, come together again. And there was a rattle as bone connected to bone. Then he says, prophesy, and he spoke. And all of a sudden, the sinews in the skin started coming together on them bones. And then he, all of a sudden, it says that God breathed in those bones. And those bones that were once broken apart and scattered, it says those bones, somebody shout out those bones. Those broken, misplaced things came together and rose up as a mighty army of God. I tell you what, ended up being something scattered and broken, rose up as a... 
I don't care if it's cancer. We had somebody come up here talking about cancer. I don't care what it is. There's a mighty power of the Holy Spirit for God to do mighty wonderful things and do things in our hearts and our lives and restore what we thought could never. You say, how can you say that about your children? Here it is right here, Matthew 8, 18. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders. Say that with me. We are for signs and wonders. Listen, your children in you, you're not for signs and wonders of the enemy's work. You're established in the Holy Ghost to be a sign and wonder for the glory of God. Can I hear an amen? John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, He comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you what about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. And that belongs to the Father is mine and is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I don't have to live life just wandering around. You know, God called me when I was 13. I was preparing when I was 14. I had an opportunity to go to the mission field, and I was getting ready to go. And one of my spiritual fathers came to church there in Ville Platte. His name is Howard Varnador. He'd been in our family, part of our family for a long time, great man of God. He came to our church, and he stood up. He was preaching. He stopped. He said, Russell, the Lord says three more years of preparation. I thought, three more years of preparation? I'm ready to go now. He says, the Lord says, three more years of preparation. Well, I couldn't understand it in my natural mind. I couldn't understand, why do I have to wait? I'm homeschooling. I can go over there. I can work. Why do I have to wait? But I waited. And listen, three years to the date, he was back in our church. And he called me out and he says, the Lord was saying to you, it is time for you to go. This is the time I prepared. Now you go and I'll be with you. And God opened the door. God gave the money. I went to Honduras, came back and did what I had to do. Listen, God knows your timings and your seasons. He's the spirit of truth and he will take of the Father and reveal it to you. He'll show, he'll show you things to pray over your mate pray over your children pray over your city pray over your town like you'll never know when we first got here i just felt like i needed to start praying over the water towers all over uh, pineville louisiana i just see a water tower and i just pray over it and pray the blessings of god that high that water tower is the highest place i call it the mountain of pineville and i just start praying over the over the the, uh, the water towers well word came back to the mayor that i was praying over the water towers and he sent word back to me through the city council lady that that is the thing that pineville needs to pray most far because the water towers are in bad shape the water supply is in bad shape he said tell that preacher to keep speaking over the water towers and then the next time he got it put in office he had me put him in office why because that's the dude who's praying for the water towers and if he believes to pray for water towers he'll pray over me i tell you what i believe in praying over dogs i believe in praying over horses i believe the holy ghost can heal anything praise god now i don't have time to get into it but listen you know, Samson, he, he couldn't do nothing unless the anointing was upon him. You can read it, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You know the story of Jehoshaphat. He was told the enemy's coming in like grasshoppers. I mean, they're coming in from the right, left. I mean, they're totally covered. What are we going to do? He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And as they were in that place where they didn't know what to do, it says that the Spirit of the Lord, say with me, the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord came upon, and it tells his name. And he is the eighth generation descent from Asaph, who was the 
writer in the Psalms with David and also David's prophet and pastor. And here we find eight generations down, his great, 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 great grandson is prophesying to everybody. He says, thus saith the Lord, you don't have to worry or concern yourself in the battle. The battle is not yours but mine, saith the Lord. I tell you, if you want peace of God in your life, if you want restoration in your heart, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need to hear, how you need to hear it, and the way you need to hear it so that you can get your breakthrough and you can go forward into the things that God has prepared for you. Amen. Now look, let me give you this real quick here. 1 Corinthians 2.12. We have not received God's, we have, and we have, I'm sorry, we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So that we can know, what does it say? The wonderful. Somebody shout out wonderful. Not the bad things, but the wonderful things God has freely given us. Now look at this, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. I had to give you this before we close today. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and look at this, and the fellowship. Somebody shout out fellowship. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship. Now, we talk to our Heavenly Father all the time. We speak to Father God, and that's great. And we speak to Jesus. But when do we take time to speak to Holy Ghost? Do you hear me? Look at this now in the message translation. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Say that with me. All of you. How do you not have a dead church? That you got an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. I love that book by Benny Hinn. Good morning, Holy Spirit. My pastor used to say years ago when he would get up, oh, poor devil, I'm awake again. There is something about having a present and a conscience of knowing that I have, a, I have an encounter with the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to just get by myself and I'm going to spend time with him. He's the one who can guide me, lead me to all truth. He's the one who can comfort my life through this day. He's the one who can shield my heart. He's the one who can give me strength. He's the one who can lead me. He's the one who can empower me. He's my counselor. He's my my guy, he's my leader. It's an intimate relationship with him. There's a possibility of getting in time alone. I've asked my wife before, I said, babe, do you want me to go over you on Facebook? She says, no, I don't want you to go all over Facebook about, oh, I love my wife. She's the best in the world, this and that. She don't want me to go over Facebook. I said, why not? I said, it wouldn't make points with you? She says, because I know how you feel. I know how you feel. I said, well, how do you know how I feel? She said, I see it in your eyes. I just see it in your eyes. That's intimacy. I'm not in love with, I don't know God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit by what other people say about him only. I know him for me. I have seen him in his eyes. I felt his pulse. I felt his fire. I know him. And he wants to have that relationship with you. It's not about just going to church and how many we have in Sunday school. It's not even all about all that we do for missions. It's about how well do you know me? When we get to heaven, he'll ask you, have you did you ever hear about me? Oh yeah, we heard about you and that you're this and that and the other. But did you hear about me 
as a person? Did you hear about me that you could get to know me intimately? That you could see in my eyes, you could feel in your heart, you know me because you spent time with me. Oh, Holy Spirit, I just welcome you in my life. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. I've not received the spirit of this world. This world is not my guide. This world is not my source. This world has nothing on me. I'm born from above. I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I praise you, Holy Spirit, right now for speaking to me, leading me. I need wisdom in this area of my life. I need freedom in this area of my life. And it goes on to say, in the Word of God, it just speaks about the anointing. And it says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away. And his shoulder uh, off from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be what? Destroyed. Because of why? The anointing oil. David never wanted to go backwards. He only wanted to go frontwards. It wasn't enough that I've repented. I washed myself. I've gotten up. But now I've anointed myself because I'm never going to do what I've done before. Because I've anointed myself as a living presence of the Most High God. The yoke will be destroyed. The yoke speaks of something that the more, listen now, the more you fight it, the tighter it gets. The yoke is something like a noose. The harder you fight against it, the more you choke, the more weaker, the more, more disoriented you get. It's something that just continues to press against you. But it says, I'm not going to just loosen that noose. I'm going to destroy the noose so you don't ever have to live in that type of consequences again. I believe in the word of God, whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. I believe that there is anointing that, fight, that destroys every type of yoke that would try to entangle us and keep us from going forward. I believe there's an anointing that breaks emotional yokes, mind yokes. I believe there's anointing that breaks yokes in the marriage. I believe there's anointing that breaks yokes in communication. I believe that there's an anointing that breaks yokes over our government, over our state, and over our land. I believe that there is a yoke, because that's why it says in Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. There's an anointing that destroys poverty. Do you hear me today? There's an anointing that destroys the hurt of the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them who were bruised and bound by the enemy there is an anointing for every need of our life he didn't only save us from our sins he saved us from the results and a future of living a life bound by our sins he's a god of freedom he's a god of victory he's a god that's more than a conqueror he's a god who is able to cause us to stand and resist the enemy in every way and be more than a conqueror you have been established by the holy ghost that your life your marriage and your home is not going to be an embarrassment to the kingdom of god it's going to be an example to the kingdom of God I don't care how hard the devil's been fighting you there is something going to rise on you today that you're going to rise up out of this and God is going to say they are established by me they are the works of my hand and people from everywhere is going to speak about what my power has done for them would you stand please hallelujah glory now there is so much say there's so much say with me that's for me I'm ready for it. Come. Anoint me. Help me. Breathe upon me. Comfort me. Give me your rest. Lead me. Guide me. And teach me to pray. Now would you bow your heads please. 
And I want you, I want you just to raise your hand and just ask the Holy Ghost just to fall upon you fresh and anew. I ask you to ask Him to refresh you, revive you, replenish you. I ask you to ask Him to energize you, to stir you up. Oh, let the Spirit of God stir you up. Oh, I just want you to believe that His words are stirring up on the inside of you. Direction stirring up on the inside of you. Anointing stirring up on the inside of you. Blessing stirring up on the inside of you. I want you to believe that God is bringing you to a place of anointing. Because what you're going to find out about David, that after he anointed himself, he went in the temple to worship. And he worshiped me like a priest. And then he went into his own house. And he ministered to those who were victims because of his sin and those who were victims of their own sin and he was able to set them free and allow them to be who they were supposed to be because he allowed the anointing to make him who he was established to be so right now I want you to believe that your life is turning into a testimony of the power and the empowerment and the ability of mighty Holy Ghost now you just ask him for it right now don't worry about nobody around you this is not about changing anything this is about you changing for the with the power of the holy ghost just ask holy spirit just ask him fill me refill me i desire a relationship with you i desire to know you intimately i want to know you so closely i love you holy spirit i love the way you make me feel I love the way you excite me about life and about the Word. I love the way you help me study and you teach me your Word. And as you said in 1 Corinthians, you, you take the secrets out of the mind of God and you reveal them to me. Right out of God's mind and you put them in my heart. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer, I just want you to be there. Just rededicating your life and just honoring Him just adoring Him just thankful that you know Him thank you for your power that quickens me and makes me alive thank you for your power who makes me more like Christ thank you for your power Holy Spirit thank you for your love and as you're thanking Him every head is bowed and every eye is closed I want to speak to those of you who are here today that you do not know Jesus. You don't, you've never asked Him to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. There's no filling of the Spirit. There is no Holy Spirit if you don't accept God's gift, His Son Jesus, who paid the price and died in your place. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to raise your hand right there where you are. Anyone at all, raise it real high. Say, I need Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? God bless you back there. Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Just keep your hand up. Anyone else? Uh, today, I want to surrender my life to God. I want Him to take my life and make something out of it. I spent all these years making a mess of it. Now I want to make something out of it. Is there anyone else today? Anyone else today? I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. God bless that hand back there. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else today? Today I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm giving up my old life and I'm taking a new life. It's the, I guarantee you, it's the best life, even greater than you've ever even dreamed of. It's the only life worth having. 
Anyone else today? Anyone else today? 